Hey y'all, welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm excited about today's episode because I'm talking to someone who I've developed an amazing working relationship with. We met over a year ago on Instagram and I believe they started following me first and then I started following them. Or it could have been the other way around. I honestly feel like it was very much in sync and in alignment because when I saw the work that they were doing and the language they were using and just the energy behind what they were putting out on social media, I knew that I wanted to work with this person. Also, I saw that they lived or I found out that they lived in Knoxville, which is where my mom lived with me and when she was a mother of the young Tamil from I believe ages I was like two and three and so there was definitely some kindred energy there and resonance for me there and so I just love her so much Dajay James is an artist a poet a singer and an intuitive business strategist she is the founder of Brave School which is an institute of dreaming I'm really, really honored to be a part of that ecosystem and that community, and I can't wait to introduce you to her. Some of you may already be familiar with her work because I share, you know, how important and how impactful Brave School and her work have been to me as I'm trying to really serve in a way that is sustainable, but also has a very deep impact on the community that I serve. And so when I thought about this podcast and what we would call it and the conversation that we would be having um, actually during a strategy session together, I was like, Daje, we're going to talk about new earth entrepreneurship. That was the channel that came through to spirit. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm also really excited for you to learn about the offerings at Brave School, especially um, the upcoming Dare to Dream Summit, uh, the weekend of February the 12th and the 14th. So I can't wait for you to meet Daje. You're going to love her. Welcome to the Overflow Podcast, Ajay. Hello. Well, I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy I'm here too. I almost said welcome to the Brave School Podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, it's okay. It's we're we're a team. We're a team. Yes, we are. And I, I'm really <laughs> grateful for it. <laughs> if anybody's been weird like I am sometime and looking at like my personal IG bio I recently updated that um, <laughs> uh, of course I'm an oracle and founder of overflow but I'm also an intuitive guide um, and strategist at brave school so I'm so excited to be introducing you guys to Daje who I am in relationship with in all of the ways like she's interwoven into the fabric of my life now in this way that is completely organic unexpected but I'm so grateful for it um, she's actually um, my brand strategist for the work that I do at overflow and I've been a part of brave school for over a year now and we just found that we work really really well together and so i'm grateful that i get to be a part of her community in that way yes i love it i love that you are a part of my community my ecosystem that we get to create a new world together that really excites me it excites me that it's you you know like 
it's I don't know. I think it's just great. It's God. It is God. And it is good. God is good all the time, right? All the time. God is good. Amen. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is how we do. So like I was gonna like let it roll because there's no point. I'm like trying to be all super professional. <laughs> and I'm like, this is Tajé. And I'm like, no, this is Tajé. It's like for real, for real. <laughs> Uh, but tell me a little bit about the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Gladly. I am a brand strategist. I am a, a writer, an artist. I'm wild-hearted. I love human beings. And my desire is to, at the, at the crux of all the work I do, my desire is always to create a space for creatives to breathe in their process. I think that um, that work is found by being willing to go into the heart of tension, the heart of our fears and desires and see what the material that we have, what what's there, what we can work with and what we can build upon um, in communities. I think that is where profound beauty is found. And so it's like brand strategy plus um, – <laughs> Plus God, I don't know, plus spirit, yes. plus all of the things. Cause I just think that you can't like the work that we do can't be put in a box. It has to be explored in deeper realms. So tell me about what life was like before you incorporated spirit into your work. Oh my God. I was like, I was out here laid out tired, exhausted all the time, not operating in my wiring, trying to incorporate frameworks and systems that uh, did not work for me, trying to do like the white male entrepreneurship 10 Ferris thing. And it was not for me. That's like before I invited spirit into my work. I tried to keep those boxes separate because we actually just talked about this yesterday to meal, but like because of what I would identify as this witch wound, which is like this, I, I, how I define it is like this idea of being like shut down or rejected because of the specialness and and the beauty and and the um like the spiritual gifts that you have about you. So I was afraid of bringing that into the business world. I was afraid of bringing that into my work. Uh, knowing good and well that God, my ancestors, the Holy Spirit, and all of them called me into this work for a very specific reason. There, there is no separation between the two. Um, so yeah, when I when I got myself into alignment and I said okay fully, my whole business shifted, um, and it was like oh okay, like this work is not just about. It's 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 not just about me and being successful by the world's terms. And especially when I say the world, I mean I specifically mean colonial white capitalism structures that perpetuate systems of harm, especially against BIPOC women, femme, queer, people of color in the world who they have historically stolen from. And I believe that my ancestors, my indigenous ancestors were wealthy without capitalism. And they have been leading voices for me and my business saying, you can do all this and more without being in the system. Let me show you how. I love that. And so it's like, 
to listen or to open yourself up to that wisdom though, right? You really have to center your healing um, and you have to incorporate your healing work and your, your spirit work in to not just your personal life, but there can't be separation anymore, right? Like you can't, you can't try to like basically have one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix. And so I feel like there's really a message here to any entrepreneurs or creatives that are really feeling like they're struggling. I'd invite you to consider that it may be because you are trying to replicate mm-hmm. the things that you're seeing. And it's not that the lessons or the the systems or frameworks that some entrepreneurs or coaches or um, gurus aren't valid. Mm-hmm. Like there's not that there isn't some, like they're there because I love like, I don't even want to name drop some folks, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love digital marketing. Like I love learning about funnels. I love learning about how I can make what I am giving and the content that I'm creating, um, profitable for me, right? Because I can't do this work. It won't be sustainable if I'm not, there is no energy exchange. But one of the things when I was really struggling, and and I won't even say struggling, I just think at a threshold of like, okay, this is not a hobby. So I need to take this seriously and I need to treat this with the respect um, that my gifts deserve. One of the things I told you, I was like, I don't remember exactly what I like laid onto you, but one of the questions that you kind of hit me with was when I felt like there was really no energy exchange, you asked me what you were like, how deep are you willing to go with people? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're right. Like I, and obviously in a one-on-one basis uh, as a priestess, as a healer, as an Oracle, like we go there. Right. But before you get invited or feel safe enough to come into that space, I have to create something that builds trust, um, that builds community. And that's why, like, if you've been following my work for a while, you know that I channel messages monthly as guidance. And there was like, a real resonance there with the people who were engaging with me on social media, but it's like, what's next? And Daja was like, well, where's your community? Like outside of IG. And I was like, Like, oh my God, like something that I have to. And like, obviously my, my, I didn't just like, you know, take Daja at her word, but I was like, as soon as she said it, I knew that that was right. And like, my it's basically you have to rise to the occasion like you have to rise to the occasion and so that really really changed me Stage. that question Mm, wow (laughs) you've had we have we have had some moments where you have snatched my edges too okay especially around this like topic of being out here and and being real and like being enough like realizing that like we can go, we can bring goodness, we can bring our beauty, we can bring our excellence, but we don't have to overgive. We don't have to become anybody's savior that like, there's, there's a moment where it's like, okay, this is enough. Like you've, you've done enough and you can step back and you can say, okay, what does the land look like? 
what needs to be nourished, uh, what part of me needs to be nourished in order for me to cross the threshold of greater capacity, greater wealth, greater wisdom, greater abundance. I think that's part of your medicine. Thank you. Yeah. And it's it's what what I, what happened for me in that moment, a follow-up that you said was which I know will help people listening is you can't hold everybody on IG. Like you're trying to give like the best of yourself, the best of your medicine, the most profound of your wisdom or your teachings or your learnings, right? Because we're all in this together learning it at the same time. But when you're trying when you try to do all of that for free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what ends up happening or what do you see happening when people try to do that, Daje? Yeah, I, I think that when people try to go all the way in without first creating a container through which they can also receive and make sure that they are stabilized and balanced in their their space of giving, right? Because you can't hold a container for people. And like, I think every entrepreneur learns this lesson. I've learned this lesson. I'm continuously learning this lesson. There, I don't think there's an arrival point to this lesson, but you can't hold a, sp- a space for people if there's no space for people to walk into. Like if there's no, con- dun, dun, like if, if you ain't got, you ain't even got like the bricks or the walls up. You, you don't have a floor. All you got is a patch of dirt on the ground. And sometimes, you know, that's enough for certain levels of, of initiation and invitation. But like when you are inviting people into a transformation, it is really important to remember that you are, that that's channeling work. You are creating a container for transformation to flow through. That's called channeling. And so when you're setting up a system, which Instagram is, Instagram is not your enemy. Instagram is just a part of a system. It's a part of a, of a system. Of, it's a tool that you use to channel transformation and information. Like when you are setting up this system, you have to remember that like these are just tools. The medicine is in you. Your modality is just a tool. You hold the medicine, right? So when you hop on Instagram streets and you're doing too much, you're compromising the quality of your medicine. And one of the, 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 the key symptoms of doing too much is the fact that you haven't done any market research because you're like out here flailing because you don't know what people want. You don't know what people need. You don't know how people are being impacted by your medicine. And I've literally, I've had one-to-one clients uh, who show up to my one-to-one sessions and I'm like, did you do your market research? And they'll be like, you know what? To be honest with you, Daje, I didn't do any market research today. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's reschedule this conversation for another time. <laughs> because I can't do anything for you if you're not willing to go and be with your people. If you're not willing to go there. You know what I'm saying? With mm, yeah, that's so good. And because part of this is while what we do is birthed from like our uniqueness and it is like ours, it's not always, our work isn't always what we want, quote, to do, like what we think makes sense. Because if we're approaching this from a service mindset, it has to be about the people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what I hope people mean when they use words like heart-centered leadership or soul-centered leadership or spirit-led 
um, leadership or entrepreneurship or what uh, I've coined and we've coined together and what we're doing work around is new earth entrepreneurship. Yes. You know, it's funny. I just had this moment where I was like, when people be talking about heart centered and soul led entrepreneurship, they're really talking about them, which is great because that's one aspect. That's like one aspect. If you think of entrepreneurship like like a stool with three legs, that's one aspect. You need to be in a line with you. But like it really can't stop there. Like just because you feel good and warm and fuzzy in your heart and in your soul about what you're sharing doesn't mean it's going to resonate with people. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you are you are being a clear channel for your medicine in a way that is positioned to serve the people that you're here to serve. <laughs> We're all learning that, okay? It's like you may have choked if you were drinking something, because I think like if anybody listening, you may have just choked just because you're like, oh, wait, is that what I'm doing? Like, am I only thinking about what it is that I like and what it is that I want to do? And tell me what are some ways we can shift? Because I do think that in any what what's whatever stage of business that you're in, whether you're just starting or you feel like you've plateaued or like you feel stagnant. I feel like this is how you shift Mm -hmm. is by figuring out what your service is, what the impact is and what the people need. So how do we get there? How do we change our minds? I have three different pieces of medicine for that question. I think the first one, and I think probably the most important one is to come to terms with the fact that you are selling and to be transparent about that. I watch every single day so many entrepreneurs run away from the fact that they're selling a product. And, you know, that is like, that's part of it because we do live in this culture and people have done like really crazy things around selling and like taking advantage of people. So it's valid that you feel like this squirmishness around showing up and and presenting an offer to people and saying, hey, I think that this can help you. Or, hey, I want to work with you. I would love to hear your thoughts on how we can create channels of transformation in your world, in your life, in your business, or whatever aspect of service you show up to. Um, the very number one way to, to really begin to get into alignment with how you position yourself in the market is to come to terms with the fact that you are here to sell and it is not evil and it is not wrong. Exchange is good. It is the oldest method of getting goods and services in the hands of the people that human history has. Before there was capitalism, there was the marketplace. The marketplace was around long before capitalism was around, right? So there was, imagine a time, this place of of purity and and justice and honor in, in in the act of exchange because people realized, hey, you know, I might be a really great bean cropper, but I'm not so good at killing animals. So I need to go to the market and exchange some of these beans so I can get some of this meat and make sure I'm feeding my family a balanced, healthy meal right? For example, another way Mm -hmm. is to make sure that you are creating a container for transformation to flow through. We already talked about this, but when you show up to sell, you are You are proposing that you want to bring transformation. You want to bring joy. You want to bring life. You are wanting to help change the the current state of your customer from a current state to their desired state through purchasing your product or your service, right? So that means y'all need to align on a dream. 
But before you can tap into that dream, you need to have a lane, a channel, a path for that dream, for you to be able to walk toward that dream, for for transformation to flow through, for you to be able to walk together toward that thing that you are imagining. So setting up frameworks, setting, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be step one, step two, step three, if you want it to be, but make sure that you have a plan for helping people to reach their state of, their desired state of change, right? That's a framework. That is what I identify as a fertile framework, right? So it's not just about like helping people to reach an an imagined state, but it's also about making sure that that is beneficial for you and beneficial for your customer, that it is sustainable and it is reciprocal. And then the last thing that I would say is that it's okay to slow down and really like begin to dial in. Um, I So when I did visual branding for entrepreneurs and companies, small businesses, everybody wanted a logo super quick. They just thought if I had a logo, if I had a really snappy design, if I had the assets, then it would attract people to me. And I would say, you know, that's like putting a light bulb in the middle of the room and without a plan around it, it's like shutting the door. Like if you're trying to attract, I don't know, this is a weird example, but if you're trying to attract moths to this light bulb, for example, but you shut the doors and shut all the windows and shut the curtains, that light is just sitting up in the room, shining bright with no moths being attracted. It doesn't make any sense. So there's no path. (laughs) There is no path. This goes back to example two, but in example one, it's really about like, okay, taking the time to like really begin to learn to trust yourself, first of all, and dial in to, okay, what, what do you, you know, what does my community need from me in order to know that they can experience transformation in the space. That's real brand strategy. And branding is not your assets. It's not your logos. It's not like all the visual things. Those are just, those are just assets. Those are just tools to help people to see you. But what really is the brand is the story that your customers believe about your business. And if you can take time to dial into that story and dial into how your community understands and digests that story, that is where you're going to find the most powerful moments of transformation and success. It's what makes all the other pieces work. So good. Tell me what that's looked like in Brave School, because one of the things that I wanted to ask you is like, you know, what makes Brave School different? Like what makes the work that you're doing around um, basically educating makers, creatives and entrepreneurs on doing this a new way in a very new earth way? why do you think it's different? I know it has to be because you've done all those steps, but what ha- what did that look like for you from even when you started to where you are now? It was, it was really for me about, one, listening to the soul of the idea, right? So Brave School, like many amazing ideas came to me in a vision. It came to me in dreams. It started in my mind first. 
And I was like, okay, so what is this thing? What does it look like? I knew that as a brand strategist, I really wanted it to be about like helping people get their work out into the world. That's what I'm really, really, really passionate about. So I just started kind of playing with this idea. Sometimes I start with like mood boards because I want to see, okay, how do I want it to feel? How do I want the story of Brave School to feel in the eyes and the lives of my community or the people who are going to be attracted to this work. And then I set out and I was like, okay, I'm going to put out a brave, messy action version of Brave School. I'm just going to like get in there and do it. I trust my knowledge. I trust my medicine. Let me figure out how to create the right container for Brave School to flow through. And you know what? Uh, It looked like coming to terms with a lot of things. That's that's what real that's what real entrepreneurship is. We see these shiny versions online and we're thinking, oh, we have to have it all perfect before we get out there. But this is what is called in the tech industry, it's called creating technical debt. It's it's getting a version out there so that you're not spending a lot of time, hours, dollars, resources creating a perfect product that does not serve your customer. They don't even want it because they realize it's not for them. It's for you. You designed this for you so that you could feel good about your own product. But when you take the time and get into that first stage of like, okay, let me just get the the pith of my idea in front of people and let me dial in from there with my community, alongside my community, while building community because I trust my idea, I trust my medicine, and I'm listening, right? That's what that's how brief school is for was formed. That's how it's being formed at this moment. Right now, it's still not in its final stage, right? We are still create, we have, we have to create technical debt so that we can better serve our audience. Because I learned a lot of things along the way. One thing was like I learned that my people don't really like to be preached at on a Sunday morning about brand strategy. Sometimes they do, but sometimes it's like we need time and space to process these big ideas because they're so deeply connected to our life's purpose. So my next iteration was, well, let's create time and space for that and separate those things. So it taking kind of almost like a tech industry lens for your business where you give yourself permission to create iterations of your product and leave perfectionism, like take perfectionism, look at it and say, I know you're trying to protect me. I know you're trying to keep me safe. I know you're trying to keep me out of debt and keep me out of trouble and keep me from being stressed, but you stressing me out. So you're going outside for now and we're going to put you in the backyard, take a nap, little perfection puppy dog. I'm giving you some food. Go play. Go run it off. I got work to do. I got people to connect with. So that's kind of how Brave School. We take a tech tech industry lens to this work uh, because I don't want to get caught up in like perfectionism. Because the ma- the magic is not again. The magic is not in the modality. It's in the way that I channel that that medicine, mm-hmm. right? So, and that can look different, and that can always look different. And that's, I love what you really just laid out there because it reminds me of uh, my service that I had previously offered, or I mean, it's still there, but with Overflow, like my Muse service for like intuitive strategy, and like it was always something I was really good at. It's something that I did was like small business consulting and solopreneur consulting before I started 
honoring my gifts, right? And like as a channel, as an oracle, as a priestess, before I fully leaned into that and discovered it. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing both. And I trusted that and I continued to do that. And what happened was spirit sent me you and now I have a channel, right? Now I have a a way that I can actually really focus on doing that work. But if I wouldn't have, if I would have stopped or if I would have been like, okay, this doesn't really make sense. Like it just, I wouldn't have really probably been given the opportunity Mm. to be like, okay, no, like this is something that you can still do, but it doesn't have to be what you thought it was going to be. So that flexibility too, as an entrepreneur um, is something that we really have to be open to. And one of the things that came through for me in the new moon in Capricorn, which we're kind of still under this new moon energy as we're recording this podcast is the death of like the solopreneur, mm. um, the the dying of that, and it's not Let to say that fall. you can't. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! And it's not to say that you can't be a freelancer. Obviously, like we all are in some capacity, because that is this new age, right? That we're all, but we're interconnected, and so if I would have been like. Um, well, I'm only doing this by myself, or this is what I do. You know how much stress that is? You know how much easier it is to leave, like go be in community and like now be like, I've joined this whole ecosystem or I'm a part of something that's bigger than me. It's so much easier when we don't try to control it all and like yes. have all of the answers. Oh, so tell God. me a little bit about how that's shown up for you. Because first of all, that's how we're made. We are designed to be in community. When you look at the earth, like I love Adrienne Marie Brown. She talks about an emergent strategy, how every part of, of, of nature, every part of creation reflects itself. And we are no different. We think that we are like these, these like hired guns, these, these star streaks in the universe. And like, we are special and we are capable and we are magical, but we are not solo. Okay. We had to have a mother birth us. We didn't just like, you know, evaporate into space and time and say, I've, I'm here to bring the word. Like even Jesus was born. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Okay. So, so we are interconnected and, and we share DNA. We share information. We share knowledge. We share, te- we share bodily technology. We literally need someone else to breathe. We need the trees to, to give off carbon dioxide so that we can, or to give off oxygen so that we can breathe, right? We give the trees carbon dioxide, the trees give us oxygen. And and we give each other oxygen, except for in these times of the coronavirus, y'all stay at home. I don't want any of your oxygen. Um Hello. <laughs> like, right Hello. Now. like please. But when we're out Grandma. when we're out of this mess, like come be in the space. Bring all of your oxygen. Bring all of your goodness. Like we are here and wired to be connected. So why would we ever think that in the creative process, it is not safe to be in community. Well, so many reasons. There's so many good reasons, actually. And I don't want to miss that because gossip culture is real. Uh, petty Pettiness is real, right? People don't do right by it. People don't know how to honor each other. Competition. Like all of the mess, is. it's there. It's real. 
And it actually erodes the creative ecology that we were designed for. We are literally designed to exchange ideas. It's how the internet was born. So when you think about the work that you do as a solopreneur, it is liter—it is quite literally, according to the science of ecology, for you to be doing this alone. It is unsustainable. It's unsustainable for you to be doing this work alone, according to science. I know you think you're a superwoman. I know you think you got superpowers. You may be Superman. I don't, I don't know where you are, okay? But you might be super non-binary, right? Like I, I'm non-binary, so I'm. I sometimes think I'm super, super person all the time. <laughs> super everything. Super everything. But it is not the case because guess what happens? Like ecology shows up and says, "Oh, you think you're gonna do everything? You think you're gonna channel this much energy on your own? Okay, shutting down the body." shutting down because we're not made for this. Hello, hearts stop, lungs collapse, uh, stomachs develop, viruses, back hurts. your back hurts, you're carrying trauma in your, in, your, in your muscles because you're trying to carry it alone. Like all of those things, your body is literally designed to be a warning system in some ways of like, you are not here to be alone. You are here to be connected in the community. And, and when you're in this entrepreneurship journey, it is the same. It's the same thing. You're not here to be doing this work alone. Sometimes that means you're like hiring people to work with you. Sometimes that means that you're just working alongside of people and sharing revenue. Sometimes that means that you are in a coaching relationship with someone and, and you have hired them to pour into you. And that mode of exchange is you're giving them like money resources so that they can invest time and care and heart energy into helping you grow. Like there's so many ways to do this. It doesn't have to be alone. You have so many resources. That's so good. Like that's one of the things that I really played with last year. Even when you talked about like, I don't know what the final iteration of this is going to be, but in our classes, I was like, I want to be alongside other teachers, other healers, people who I trust, who I vetted, and I want them to be able to share. And we did a revenue sharing model. And it's still something that I'm, you know, doing, even with the healers that we've brought on. Um, they obviously get a majority of everything that they take in. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to actively be a part of creating something that is bigger than me. And also I cannot do everything. Yeah. Like, even though I'm an energy worker, mm -hmm. unless I really see the need or if I like something comes up in a session or like, I really know like my client that I'm serving one-on-one, -on -one, like something comes up in a session. I know that we need to address this. Like we can do it together, but Every single person that comes through of the space of overflow does not have to be my client one-on-one -on -one. and like releasing that and creating space for other healers to like have space to use their gifts. Right. Because some of them are also, they have other, they have other jobs, right? Like this work for this healing work is something that it's not side. It's not, not important to them, but they maybe haven't had the time to create their container yet. Right. And instead of them having all of this pressure on themselves to like get that together so that they can start serving in their gifts, Spirit has already provided a container 
that they can come and do that in very similar to the work of me, you know, coming into brave school yeah. and serving in that way. So instead of me having to think about, oh, I'm really good at this, but I should probably have an agency. Guess what? Like there's somebody who's already in your soul family mm-hmm. that has done this heavy lifting and you get to go in and make the burden lighter for them. And so that's what I feel is the direction of new earth entrepreneurship is collaboration for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's I I think of it as like it's not this either or energy. It's not like, you know, be a solopreneur and like sacrifice your body for the cause. Like or, you know, hire a really expensive team and again, sacrifice your body for the cause because you know you can't handle everything and then the work of hiring a team is also a job. <laughs> But it's like right managing it. Yeah, like part of it is just like it's it's what's in between all of that. What's in the liminal, and and what can we create with the materials that we have in that liminal space? I'm looking at a really beautiful hawk that just came mm-hmm. and sat outside of my window on a branch, and it's just steady. And it's just sitting there and looking and I'm just feeling so blessed in this moment as we're talking about um, this. So anybody that's listening, get into hawk medicine, um, do some research around what it. Is hawk For me, it's protection. Mm. For me, it's protection, but it's also like vision. Mm. It is expanding the vision and knowing that you're safe mm. and expanding that vision. Um, taking risks, um, planning for the future. It's very symbolic. I feel like I'm going to actually research that so that we can like have that as our benediction when we get there, because it feels very strong and sacred and special. I love that. Oof. Oh, yes. That's literally Thank what we were just spirit. talking about. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to ask you as well is, I know how this shows up for me, but obviously I'm, I have a spiritual wellness business. You don't have to have a spiritual business to incorporate spirit in your business, right? right? So what I want to hear from you is how does censoring spirit or even just your healing make you a better leader? How have you found, um, what have you found the correlation to be? Yeah. Well, when I think about the spirit, I think about Brene Brown. Um, She wrote a book about braving the wilderness, about connection and managing connection and relationship. And when we, um, when we feel tempted to to feel alone, and she describes connection as the spirit, like the Holy Spirit is the spirit of connection. So if I'm in the work of connecting to people, of exchanging with people, I have a responsibility to tend to the spirit of that. It's another channel, like it's another space. So like like it's it's making sure that like my intentions are pure. And in order to make sure that my intentions are pure, I kind of have to look at the soul seed of them. I have to look at the root of them. Where do they come from? Why are they there? Why do I want this? Why do I desire this? And there's a lot of self-compassion and grace that can be found in that place. Um, I am not for this astringent energy of like purge and clean 
and like make sure that you're scrubbed up and and you know white as snow. Uh, like we said yesterday, Demille, Jesus already died. <laughs> Listen, it's done. It's finished. You don't have to keep yeah <laughs> stressing yourself out about being perfect. Yeah, literally. Like his his whole point was like. It's okay. It's time to it's time to see yourself, see your whole self, and like forgive yourself, and hold space for yourself, so that you can then be of service in humanity, so that you can be a better channel for connection, so that when you see other people, you're not seeing the mirror of your own wounds and your own like BS, like flailing out all over the place and judging people and shutting people down and causing harm to people and restricting from people. But instead you are able to show up with an abundant energy and say, I see you like this, the Sawabona, uh, the South African greeting Sawabona that says, I see you. And by seeing you, I bring you into being. It is like, for me, this, this act of, of caring for my spirit, like spiritual hygiene, is is about like just coming into a just coming into relationship with my wholeness and that wholeness is not perfection it is saying i see the shadow i see the light i see the inner child i see the fears i see the desires and it all belongs and it can all be integrated it can all be uh used as material to grow this body this soul this my place in the world and the way that i connect to other people that's so good. And I definitely talked on the Brave School podcast, the Witch Wound episode around how there is a pressure when you feel, and as an entrepreneurship, it's almost like you're automatically a leader, right? Because you're putting yourself in service mm-hmm. and people are trusting you, like you said, to provide some type of transformation. And so there is this, or can be, a pressure to be perfect or- oh my gosh. It's just like on your shoulders. But one of the things that um, Jeanette Lewis, um, who I've trained with in her Lightworker Incubator, one of the things that she said is like, if you're feeling that pressure, it is because of the ego. Mm -hmm. Because when you're showing up as the soul, your soul knows the truth that you're just here to walk in Mm -hmm. that path. You're not here to, you know, when you just let that ego dissolve, it doesn't have to be about power. It doesn't have to be about perfection. It can just be about the purpose. And so that's really, really helped me. Um, And that is how spirituality has helped me to become a better leader because it's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about literally like that part of like the ego helps us to identify with something. And there can be value to that. Like in a moment, you can almost like, if you can be savvy about it, you can use that as a a medicine, as a tool to help you navigate situations. So if you are identifying as an entrepreneur, then you are identifying with the, the responsibility that comes with being an entrepreneur. And that can help you to see people and acknowledge people in your path, right? That you are here to serve. But that identity can be held loosely, which is how I see like come integrating the ego even like holding these identities loosely and allowing ourselves to be in the body, but also like in this liminal space of neutrality in the spirit or equanimity in the spirit and saying, you know, like this, this doesn't, this, this identity doesn't have an impact on my I am presence. 
Yes, my soul presence is here to love and be connected. That's it. And that identity, again, is a, it's a channel for that love flow through. That's it. That's it. Yes. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And finally, Dajay, how would you define new earth entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. I think that new earth entrepreneurship is about integrating all aspects of human nature in the work that we do. Um, I think that because we've experienced so many polarities in our economies, there can be this sense that we're not allowed to bring our humanness to the table when we do business. And New Earth Entrepreneurship says, actually, like that is imbalanced. We, we are here to bring our whole selves to the market. We're here to come home to the market and reclaim this, this act of exchange as sacred. That's so perfect. And so I'm going to read a little bit from this Spirit Animal website that says, uh, gives us some info about hawk medicine. So it says, you may have an inclination towards using the power of vision and intuition in your daily life. The hawk totem provides wisdom about seeing situations from a higher perspective, using the power of observation and focusing on the task at hand. It's a good companion to develop spiritual awareness. Hawk is the messenger of the spirit world, helps you use the power of focus, take the lead when the time is right, the power to see, clear vision, strong connection with spirit and increased spiritual awareness. So it's really just this validation from spirit coming to like that's still sitting here on my branch that this is the work. Mm. This is the work that we're called to um, as business people, as builders, as people who are awakening to our spiritual gifts to help lift the consciousness Mm. and help to really increase the vibration of the level of energy exchange that's happening Mm. um, so that we can do life together in a way that is connected. Um, So thank you for being a clear channel, Dajay. Yeah, thank you for recognizing me for just seeing me I appreciate that and revel in it (laughs) I love love you you too (laughs) you've been listening to the overflow podcast to learn more about our offerings visit overflow.co overflow is a nurturing space for the rediscovery of your sacred self Thank you.